0: The mic check. All right, ready? Ready. Welcome to Social Distance Assistance.
1: I'm Kelly. And I'm June. It's day 32 of us being stuck at home together. Almost as many days as you have yours, Mom.
0: Cool. Thank you for that.
1: We're trying out homeschooling. We're planting some beans, carrots, and okra. And we're making this podcast where we look for people who are coming up with creative ways to help each other when they can't be near each other. Today's
0: helpers are makers of homemade masks. Granny taught me how to sew
2: at age eight, and it's my life now. Hey, if I'm going to be quarantined for weeks and months, what better way to spend my time? I am currently pulling up to my drop off location so I can drop off some hand sewn.
3: Mask. It seemed to me a bad idea to offer this as a solution for a problem that is larger than anyone can resolve with their own sewing machine.
1: And we try to make masks for our own community. Take one of your strings at a time
0: and make a loop so that the ends are even.
1: Like folded in half? Yeah, folded in half. That's a better way of explaining it. Thanks. All right, let's make a podcast. Episode one. Here we go. What do we do?
0: (laughs) Why don't you introduce yourself?
1: I'm Jim. I'm an eight-year-old, and I am a big fan of musicals, cats, and musicals. And (laughs) cats.
0: (laughs) And I'm Kelly. I'm your mom. Yep. We decided to do this show for a lot of reasons. First, I mean, this is my job. I make podcasts for a living. And I am lucky enough, so lucky, because it's something that I can do from home. But I wasn't really excited about making a I'm Stuck at Home and It's Coronavirus podcast. I was actually kind of overwhelmed by all the COVID-19 information that's out there, and especially all of the fear. But I remembered something that I heard Mr. Rogers say once.
2: You know, my mother used to say a long time ago, Whenever there would be any catastrophe that was in the movies or, or on the air, she would say, always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope.
0: So I decided if we're going to do a podcast during a global pandemic, we should make that podcast about the helpers.
1: I'm excited to be on a podcast with my mom because I get to learn stuff that other kids don't get to learn. And then I'll just share it with my friends.
0: (laughs) So here's a little background on the problem for this episode about masks. We don't know that much about how coronavirus is spreading. Exactly how it travels through the air and how long it stays on surfaces is kind of a controversial issue. What we do know is that there's a good case for people wearing masks, like the N95 respirator, to prevent the spread of the disease.
1: N95s are sort of oval-shaped, with elastic straps and metal bands that form a tight seal around your nose and mouth. They're designed to block at least 95% of very small particles. But there's a shortage of these masks, because airborne pandemic
0: just wasn't something that the federal government stockpiled supplies for. And hospitals spend their money on things besides rooms full of extra N95s. Frontline healthcare workers who need N95s the most are right now having to reuse
1: them. On April 3rd, the CDC officially announced the recommendation that everyone, every single person, wear a mask when they leave their houses. They recommended cloth masks, which aren't as effective as N95s. Depending on what they're made of, though, they might be better than nothing. So there's been a surge in homemade mask-making across the country in the last few weeks. We're seeing the birth of a lot of new helpers. Some universities and
0: nonprofits are making masks using 3D printers. In Pittsburgh, a pizza place made cloth masks with their logo using old work t-shirts.
1: In Florida, inmates are making masks, first for prison guards and correctional officers, then for themselves. That's wild. And in Atlanta, three women who I never met before started building a network of sewers.
4: Sewing masks for area hospitals really started based on three strangers on the internet, myself, Kayla Hittig, and Gina Livingston, wanting to combine forces to... Just get together with a group of our friends and sew masks.
0: That's Sewing Masks for Area Hospitals co-founder Kirsten Hawkins. The group got together just two weeks ago over Facebook and put out a call for sewers who could make masks to give to Atlanta's doctors and nurses.
4: All of a sudden, when we combined efforts, it just created this domino effect and spread like wildfire.
0: In one weekend, 400 people got material to sew face masks. There are now 50 mask drop-off locations across the city and over 30 drivers to shuttle masks and materials. As of this recording, the group has distributed 13,000 masks to more than 50 hospitals and medical facilities throughout Atlanta and beyond.
4: And it's turned into something that really makes people feel less helpless. This is giving people an opportunity to really help from home and maintain social
0: distancing. Sewing masks for area hospitals or... SMAH, is a no-contact assembly line. They take that part really, really seriously.
4: One of the things that we realized was we needed to be able to get people materials in a safe and efficient way, and we were able to do that with this group.
0: Like other social distance assistants, they've come together by staying apart. Getting thousands of homemade masks from individual sewers into the hands of Atlanta area hospital workers with minimal contact takes some carefully planned steps. Step one orders come in. Different facilities ask for different types of masks. In this phase, the 21 people on the administrative team spend a lot of time organizing information in spreadsheets.
1: Step two patterns are selected or
0: updated. Mask patterns can change, depending on who will wear them and as the designs get more effective. There are cloth masks that have pockets and filters and look kind of like surgical masks. They're also making masks that doctors and nurses can wear over their N95s, so they can use them longer. To help volunteers understand the patterns, SMAH relies on experts with decades of sewing experience, like Nikki G.,
2: I test the mask patterns, ensuring they're clearly understood, making each one myself. Then two or three times a week, I work in the warehouse, my garage, (laughs) sending out supplies to mask makers. The rest of the time is like any other job or effort, emails, calls, laughter, taking a break and planning for the next day.
1: And we'll do this
2: until the need is no longer there.
1: Step three, orders, patterns and materials so to volunteer sewers.
4: Anyone with a sewing machine can dust that baby off and get the materials they need from us to be able to make these masks.
0: Materials come from all over. Lots of fabric stores are donating to the cause. But so are local theater and ballet companies. This is where Julie Donovan comes in.
4: I
3: know nothing about sewing, <laughs> but I do know about logistics and organizing things. I then get those raw materials to what we call kit captains. Those kit captains break the big bundles of raw materials up into smaller kits. We then have volunteer drivers that drive those kits to our sewists.
1: Step four, volunteer sewers make masks according to the ordered pattern. Step five, sewers take the finished masks to the drop-off bin.
0: This is where you can really feel the contact-less part of the assembly line. Here's Teresa Robertson-Pope dropping off a bunch of masks to no one.
2: I am currently pulling up to my drop-off location so I can drop off some hand-sewn masks. I see a great big blue bin in the front. Oh, and look, she's got hand sanitizer for me. I'm going to drop in my mask into the bin, close it up, and then use some of her hand sanitizer before I leave.
1: Step 6. Masks are picked up from drop-off bins, taken to the fulfillment center, and inventoried.
0: Sam, who, like Julie, doesn't sew,
1: helps out by taking
0: masks in from all the drop-off points, sorting them, organizing them, and getting them ready to go out to facilities that ordered them. So in this bag, I have, um, it says it's surgical, that it has elastic ties, and it's with nose wire, and it's a quantity of 25. So that helps me a lot when I'm organizing.
1: Step seven, masks are delivered to area hospitals. Hi, this is
4: Kayla. I'm one of the facility drivers, and I have just recently picked up my bag of masks from the fulfillment center. I'm over here at Emory Decatur Hospital, dropping it off at their donation site. I'm going to get my bag with hundreds of masks. I have my own mask on too, stay safe. Walking on over. Hi, so I have some masks for you. I'm going to put it right here on the ground and walk away so we keep the social distancing. Alright, hundreds of masks have just been dropped off at Emory.
0: 21 administrators, 400 sewers, 7,000 Facebook group members, 13,000 masks, over 50 facilities, 10,000 new orders, and no one gets closer than six feet.
4: It's just been incredible. I'm constantly blown away by this group of aunts and moms and mamas.
2: Granny taught me how to sew at age eight, and it's my life now. Hey, if I'm going to be quarantined for weeks and months, what better way to spend my time?
4: It's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life and I've made I feel like I've made over six thousand friends on this journey. It's just a group of volunteers with hearts of gold and the self isolation has been something that, yeah, it could have been boring, but I think we found a way to solve that. So not feeling helpless in the midst of this pandemic has myself and for others from what I've heard as well has been so good for my mental health and well being and I can't say enough about this group. They're amazing people.
1: While there are huge operations like sewing masks for area hospitals, there are also people helping out on smaller scales, making cloth masks for friends and family. We found out about SMAH from Dr. Lisa
0: Wolfork, an English professor at UVA with incredible sewing powers. She hosts a podcast called Stitch Please and Quick aside, she made her own theme music using the rhythm of her sewing machine.
1: Check this out. This is the best theme song I've ever
3: heard. It's so good. Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch, Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing
0: group where Black lives matter. Lisa's podcast covers everything from social justice in quilting to, recently, making homemade masks.
1: Lisa has been sewing for 20 years, and it's been a source of comfort in the past.
3: I really do find sewing to be a place of peace, of relaxation, of entertainment, of fun. And when times are so uncertain, when times are so chaotic and stressful, it has been good to bracket the things that I cannot control and to concentrate my energies on doing something that I really love.
0: So you would think Lisa would sew some masks right away. She is making masks, now, in April. So I'm cutting out the pocket lining fabric. And for this one... But she wrestled with a lot of doubts before she started. Doubts about whether mask-making was the right kind of help to be giving people.
3: I was not making masks in the beginning because I wasn't sure. One of the reasons I thought it was not a good idea to make masks, because I think the masks are not effective, it seemed to me a bad idea to offer this as a solution for a problem that that is larger than anyone can resolve with their own sewing machine. And then I thought the worst part of it was that there's a lot of folks at the time who were selling these masks, and I saw that as a form of profiteering from a crisis, which seemed unethical and inappropriate to me now I need to clip the seam allowances which will help this turn the right side out I saw it as a placebo and I saw it as a panacea I thought people are going to get these masks and they're going to put them on and then they're going to be hanging out everywhere thinking that I'm protected and I can go where I want to go because I have a mask on and I'm safe I'm back at the at the ironing board and I'm pressing the seams open, which is what you have to do in order for it to lie flat across your face. I came to this realization and changed my mind because of my mother. My mother asked for a mask. I was very uneasy about it. I just didn't want to do it. She's 81. She's got one kidney. She lives in Florida, which seems to be inviting all the sick people to come down and hang out on their beaches for spring break. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. And then I realized that my mother is a whole grown up. And she's going to do what she's going to do. And so I talked with her and she was like, oh, yeah, we went out for a walk on the intercoastal. And, you know, we had our masks and I was like a mask. Well, what did you get? And she's like, well, I have a painter's mask and then I put a paper towel in it. And that was like my additional filter. And I was like, "Okay." Me not making her a mask is not going to stop her from going out and doing the things that she wants and needs to do. So I might as well just make it. And so that's what I did. Next step is to put the lining and the outside of the masks right side together. So the top to the bottom or the inside to the outside. Needle down, pivot. We're living in an age now where COVID-19 and the coronavirus has changed everything. And I think it's unrealistic to expect that it's not going to change me and my position and my ideas, that we are in a constant state of flux. And so things that I thought two weeks ago are things that might change in a minute or in the next couple of days or the next couple of months. I always love this part of any sewing project when it goes from being four pieces to two pieces and after this seam, it'll be down to just one piece. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much unpreparedness at the federal, state, global levels and to tell individual sewists, individual people, usually individual women, that your sewing machine is the thing that stands between us and disaster is a very problematic burden to place on people. Press this so that it looks nice and neat. That's one thing about people who love to sew, um, or I can't say everybody, but for myself, I really want it to look nice. (laughs) It's like, Mrs. Woolfork, why are you out in the apocalypse in that poorly sewn mask? I certainly would not want my mother to have to bear the shame of that. I do see my sewing as an act of love. I absolutely do. Like, when I make these outfits for my family, when I make clothes for myself, when I make stuff for my other relatives, I do see this as me doing something for them that they can't do for themselves.
1: Lisa must have done a nice job with her mom's mask.
3: Hey, Lisa, I just want to say thank you,
1: thank you, thank you for my new mask. I love
3: it, love it, love it. And if I ever go anywhere,
4: I will be wearing it. In fact, I think I'm just going to put it on and just wear it
3: around in the house. Oh, I really love it, love it, love it. Talk to you later. Bye.
1: So... Sew? Get it? Sew? Because we're talking about sewing? Yeah.
0: I was actually going to explain to them how we did not sew anything for this episode.
1: Right. We still made some masks for people, but we watched a bunch of internet videos about how to do it without sewing, because my mom doesn't sew. Sorry. It's fine. These masks are for some inspectors who are coming to look at our house this week. But their company hasn't been able to give masks to all their employees yet. So we figured we'd make some for the guys who are coming over.
0: Then they can keep them, replace the filters, wash the masks, and use them again when they have to
1: go to another house. Our masks turn out pretty good, actually. We took some old t-shirts and cut them up.
0: And now we've got two 22 by 22 fabric pieces.
1: It's 22 by 22-ish. Um, okay. (laughs) Then we added some filters. So now we're going to take shop towels. Then we folded them a bunch of times.
0: It's kind of like sushi, you know, Sushi Sunday where we make sushi and watch a movie. Add some string. Take one of your strings at a time and make a loop so that the ends are even. Like folded in half? Yeah, folded in half. That's a better way of explaining it. Thanks. Tucked in the ends. So you should have like a little gap that you can snugly tuck that guy into, make a little sleeping
1: bag for him. And we had masks. June June is now wearing the rest
0: of the t-shirt tube top. Whatever, man. Bring the 90s back. They were never out of
1: style. And that's our show. Everyone's ability to help looks different, but here are a few ideas if you want to become a mask-making helper.
0: If you can sew, make a mask or two, or a hundred, for your community, especially people on the front lines like healthcare care providers. But also grocery store clerks, postal workers, funeral home assistants, veterinarians, inmates, farm workers, delivery drivers. For pattern suggestions, check out our show notes.
1: If you have materials but no time to make masks, you can donate fabric and elastic to local sewing groups or buy materials from craft stores and arrange contactless deliveries to them. You can look for organizations in your community
0: that need help with logistics. Volunteer to drive masks and materials around. Help moderate a Facebook page or website. Put those spreadsheet skills to use.
1: Finally, if you can only do one thing right now, which is completely understandable, make or buy your own local cloth mask to wear when you go outside. Thanks for listening to Social Distance Assistance. We'll
0: be back with another episode this Thursday, a QA and a episode. It's an interview with Dr. Lindsay Neal, on hand to answer all of your questions about mask-making and mask-wearing. The beauty of the mask also is that when, when people see you wearing the mask, they're like, ooh, I'm not going to get close to that person. It's like a double duty, like you're protecting other people from your own secretions and potential transmitting of asymptomatic virus, but... You're also telling someone else, like, stay away from me.
1: Have an idea for a story we should tell on Social Distance Assistance? Or want to tell one on the show yourself? Send us your photos of homemade masks. And just let us know how you're doing. Helpers at vpm.org.
0: Social Distance Assistance is produced and engineered by June Jones, Kelly Jones, and Molly Bourne. Our editor is Nate Toby. The guy who makes it all happen is Gavin Wright. Digital assistance from Angela Messino and the VPM News Team. Steve Humble is VPM's Chief Content Officer and our Helper Supreme.
1: Special thanks to Shelly Wondersmith and the team at Sewing Masks for Area Hospitals who sent us audiograms. Thanks to WBAE's Morning Edition for audio of Kirsten Hawkins.
0: Members are a fundamental part of VPM. Member support is especially vital right now. Through member support, we're able to provide timely and fact-based information, educational resources for our kids, and informative and entertaining content to keep minds active and engaged.
1: Be a part of what makes VPM possible. Visit vpm.org slash donate to become a member today.
2: 3